Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused, with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. By RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Explore Brevard. Explore Brevard encourages visitors to Transylvania County, North Carolina to consider their impact on public lands. Because we treasure our beautiful forests and streams, we invite you to leave no trace and take action to leave it better. Find out more at explorebrevard.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, and even Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news and travel tips and wonderful travel stories to lift your spirits. And speaking of lifting your spirits, did you know it's the universal language of music that gets us through some of the toughest moments? Well, you would think that makes sense when you think of music capacity to move us and transcend our emotions. You can look all throughout history and see how music serves as a source of solace. My guest today is singer-songwriter Raquel Aurelia, and she once said the, quote, music is my therapy, definitely sums it up for her. It's my outlet, my escape, and my passion. And her songwriting journey has taken her to some incredible experiences. And Raquel, it is so wonderful to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, Raquel, you have been a traveling singer-songwriter for quite some time and have opened for some of the greatest and and have lived really a charmed life, I think. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, um, about... who you are, how you um, how you went into your music career, and 
and where this beautiful sound comes from. <laughs> well, thank you again for having me. Um, I started sing. Well, I'm from. I'm live in Arizona. I'm actually originally from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I grew up there, and I um, I always loved to sing. Uh, I knew it was my passion from an early age. But it, like, it's different with singing because you can't just go and say, "I want to be a singer today." It doesn't work that way. Like with acting or print print work, like modeling and all that, you can go in and audition for something, and it's different. You can get the role, but with with singing, you have to have a um, a band, or you have to know somebody, or figure out how to get in or get your music. And back then there was no internet like we have now to where I could just, you know, put my music out there and share it. Um, so my mom used to make me sing with her while she'd play pianos for anyone that would come over piano for anyone that, <laughs> that would be at her house. So we had to torture them and <laughs> make them listen to the little concert. But, um, I knew, and I took early, I took voice lessons early on, but I really didn't start singing until, um, I have two boys and I didn't start singing until I was pregnant with my second son which is later in life, but I actually, I think it was better to start then because I had more experience and more things to write about and, and to talk about and sing about more passion and more, more life experiences helps, uh, I think when you sing and, and what you write about and stuff. So it's kind of cool. I met a producer in, um, LA and he was a friend of a friend who I've known about for years, but never wanted to meet until I was ready. And even though I was ready to have a baby, <laughs> I was still ready to, I think, embark on that journey. So thank goodness for him. His name was Tony Papa, and he um, he's the, the one I first started recording with. Well, that's a wonderful story. It, I love the way you talk about uh, later in life and, and letting it unfold in its most perfect time, because when it was that perfect time, the teacher was there, the student was yeah. ready, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I feel if I started younger, I wouldn't have, um, I don't think I would have known how to write. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying I don't, I wouldn't have like, I mean, I would have known how to write possibly, but um, I didn't really realize I could write. Um, and the first album I did, I didn't write at all. I just recorded, we did other people's songs and it was so much fun. And, and um, I met some amazing people. But then when I started to, I met Gardner Cole, who uh, he sang, he wrote Open Your Heart for Madonna. He writes for Amy Grant. He's amazing. And he said, do you want to start writing? And I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. But I said, I don't know. I've never written. So he said, go home and just start writing some things down. So I kind of went home and did my homework and started trying to figure out, okay, well, how does it flow? How does it rhyme? And it really wasn't until that moment that I was actually pushed to do it, um, you know, and, and asked, and I wasn't going to turn that opportunity down, uh, that I, that I learned that I could write. And so it's kind of amazing that people don't realize what they can do until that's the, you know, if they want something bad enough, they'll figure out a way to do it. And that's kind of my story of how I started writing. Cause I, I if not, I probably, I don't know when I would have started writing. I hope I would have, but, um, that's really kind of got it kickstarted for me. Well, it's so timely because we're all in a place right now where we have the capacity to go inside of ourselves and be creative and let things come out that maybe we didn't know were there before and certainly being inspired uh, by stories like yours and and the lyrics of yours that are coming out of your heart and soul uh, is something that really needs to be put out there so that others can take that lead. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, um, I think the more things you go through, like I write from my heart, like you mentioned, and it's true because there's songs that I've written by Kerosene through other people or situations that I've watched. And, you know, not every single song is about my journey, but I mean, it is kind of my journey, but sometimes it's through other people's, uh, perspective or what I've watched or what I've seen. But, uh, for the most part, you know, anything you go and go through in life, good and bad can be turned into a positive in my eyes, like as far as like, um, find the silver lining you know what I mean like so even in my music I try to always keep um a decent message as far as like not not decent is the wrong word but like a good message of of even if it's a sad song it's there's still some kind of hope in that song where it's not completely like if somebody was listening to it they would find that maybe uplifting or they could relate to it you know so and when you say that it it is like therapy for you it's also like therapy for us and I think throughout history that is proven to be true as I said earlier that being a part of music especially in times when you when you feel the the most vulnerable uh, yeah. to be able to listen to music to bring that into your life is so important and travel has been a big part of your life as well tell us a little bit about uh, your travel I know you're part of a travel club what does that look like for you well, um, the travel club, it's, it's, uh, I met, um, this is all part of like two of my story, which is I went through a divorce and I was going through the divorce in the very beginning stages. And I happened to be out one night with my friend and she happened to know a group of people. And through the group of people, we, um, I met this person who said he was a trainer and I'm like, um, okay, yeah, I could use a trainer. Like I was going through some really serious, you know, like with a divorce, you're just kind of like, I'm like, is this what I have to look forward to? I'm out and this is awful. And like, you know, just the whole like new start. And, um, he said, well, yeah, I'm a trainer. You, you know, you should, if you ever want a trainer and I'm like, you know, I, I think I do. So that's kind of how I met him. And he was training these two girls who run the whole travel, like not run it, but they're probably, they've joined this travel group when it was off just very first off the ground. So, um, he, he joined first and then he said, do you want to join? This is a really cool club. And so I met, have, I've met, it's probably been about nine years now that I've been in it. And so, yeah, that's how I met him. And that's how I started. And it was, it was great. Uh, met these people started traveling and through them, we started traveling all over. It's been really cool. That is very cool. When we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that and where you've been. I know that just recently you were in Mexico. Yes. Like during right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> So let's definitely talk about that. In fact, um, on my show last week, I had a guest who had moved to Mexico. So oh, wow. it'll be fun to find out what it was like for you to get into another country and what it was like for you to be there. Well, thank you. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Raquel Aurelia. We're talking music and travel and journeys, and you're going to hear some of her music as we go into the break it's it's very beautiful so stay tuned all i ever wanted was a moment of your time even just to say hello let me know i was on your mind all i ever needed was to show me that you care a little love and affection Just to prove that you were there Now you're standing there Wondering what the hell went wrong Stand right there, baby Cause this won't take too long It's 
Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is here, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures found across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here with Raquel Aurelia, and we are talking about a beautiful journey, Raquel, from... It sounds from the time you were a child playing, uh, I love the image of you and your mom doing your little home concerts. <laughs> and I know when we all, when we go through a change, it sometimes propels us into other areas that we maybe never thought we would enter into. And for you, it was travel. So when you first started being a part of this travel group, how did that work? Did you have a group of people and you would pick a place? What was your what was your theme there? Um, well, they have uh, what's called dream trips, so uh, they're all preset. So you kind of pick a trip and go. And we would do a lot of call uh, like team trips together. So like anyone that was in your like your circle of people that you've gotten to know or whatever, we would always pick a trip together and go on that trip. And that's kind of how the whole traveling with that group started. Um, which has really been fun. And I met, like, I, I met, I went from figuring out how am I going to meet one person at a time versus just meeting like a group of people that have been in my life now this entire time. And uh, some of them are like, I'd say there's about six people out of that group that I could honestly say I could call for anything at any time. They've become like, like really, really good cr- friends. So it's been fun. We've gotten to go a lot of places. That is really lovely. And when did you start traveling for your uh, music with your music? Uh, with the music, I, I was ma- it's mainly, um, inter- wasn't internationally, it was within the States. Uh, I toured with John Waite for a while. We did about almost 30 shows together. And it was kind of an East Coast, West Coast tour where um, his tour was amazing because it was only like four or five days at a time and maybe six once in a while where you would go and do two or three shows like you do show 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 day off and that that schedule but it was only like a week on week off type thing where you would you know can come and go and I have two boys so raising two boys uh, I would make sure my schedule would you know would just go around the tour which is which is perfect because if we were gone all the time it would have been really difficult to do that so yeah that was really cool but we traveled everywhere like all over the east coast and then back to the west coast and back to the east coast so it was fun and then i go to nashville a ton too for travel as far as uh, locally but i've been everywhere i think at some point (laughs) oh my gosh so what is that like for you when you 
when you're traveling as part of a part of your music, did, do you have an opportunity to meet the people that are there to hear you? Yeah. Um, with John Waite, for example, we his fans are the most loyal, awesome fans ever. And um, they love him. They follow him to every place, every mom and pop place, bigger or smaller. It doesn't matter. And a lot of times you'd see them at several shows. So they would drive. If we were driving East Coast, for example, there was two or three shows. They would be at all the shows. And eventually I started to get to know them and they started to say, well, we came to see you this time. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like it you know, warmed my heart. And a lot of those fans I still keep in touch with online um, that we've, you know, formed relationships with. And, um, some one I opened for him here in Phoenix where I live and a lot of them were there too. So it was kind of cool just to like see them here in my own, my own backyard kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so traveling with him was fun. But before that, my ex, you know, he, for work, we traveled a lot. So we got to go a ton of places within the States. And, but, uh, when I was married, we went to a lot of, we went to Turkey, uh, we went to um, Italy, um, and before that, I had went to Germany and Switzerland and Austria. So all all these fun things. Uh, I've been trying to. Tra- I've been traveling a long time. Sounds like it. And you've been traveling now, right in yeah. the middle of a pandemic. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I was a little apprehensive because, as you as you know, as we watch the news, and we don't know because we're just you know hearing third party about everything and. Um, I have a fractional ownership in Esperanza uh, Resort in Mexico, in Cabo, that I love. And we've been going there for about 10, maybe, gosh, 10, 12 years now. And um, I was nervous to go, but I went there. And to be honest, they're extremely, it's actually uh, much more, they're, they're following protocol even better than we are here in the States. And I can say that because it's my second trip in the last two months to Mexico. So we got off the plane, the, the gentleman sprayed our bags down with, uh, you know, with like disinfectant stuff. And then we had to check our temperatures. Anytime you got into the car, you had to check your temperature. Anytime you got out of the car, you checked your temperature. Everybody, of course, is wearing their masks. Um, and then when we got to the resort, going on property, they check your temperature. Uh, you have to have masks on. And um, I just thought they were... And then the, even certain places, you'd have to step on this mat, like with water and whatever kind of thing, to clean off your shoes. So it was... I felt like they were extremely... Uh, you know, safe there. I felt safe there, safer there than I go. If I go out here to a restaurant or somewhere, yes, they don't check your temperature coming in to most places, but they were very, very um, safe. And all the staff wore masks all the time. And so we had to wear masks to go into anywhere. So it was, it was safe. I felt safe. And what about uh, paperwork? Was there paperwork that you had to do? Yeah, the paperwork to me is it's changed a little bit. So people that are traveling to to Mexico anyway, there's obviously an immigration form that you have to fill out. Um, there's two forms that you fill out on the airplane, but before you travel now, you have to fill out a questionnaire online. They they recommend online. You could do it at the airport if you had to, but it's better to not do that. Go online, fill out your questionnaire about where you've been, if you've been out of the country. They ask you the you know if you've been sick or around anyone with COVID. So that was another form that they threw in the mix when it's already kind of confusing if you've never been out. But we filled that out before, and now you can put it on your phone and just scan it, kind of thing. But um, filling those paperwork out, that paperwork out on the airplane, uh, you fill that out. You had the other stuff on the airplane that you have to take off of the airplane because we were traveling with one of my son's friends who'd never been out. So he left the form on the plane because he wasn't sure. 
But nobody tells you, hey, take this and take this there. But there's a piece that they'll take there. Then they leave you a piece that you have to keep with you on your trip. So, yeah, same on the way back. You have to fill out the questionnaire again. So you have to leave extra time to fill that out because that really wasn't offered online. They just, when you got to the airport, they want to know the questionnaire about, it's about, about safety. So I felt like they were very thorough and the paperwork is, uh, it's tricky if you don't know and you've never been to Mexico, like I would be confused too. Well, it's good to know what to expect, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. so there's like three forms now. I I mean, two on the airplane. One is for your family, one is for individual, and then now the questionnaire. So, And once you got there, you were... You were safe. You felt good. That's yeah. that is really good to know. Well, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know how you are continuing your music career right now. I mean, things are definitely different. What's yeah. shifted for you? Uh, well, it's it's been interesting because I like you and I were talking about you know having to do things now from home. I've had to learn how to record from home because. I would go in the studio and somebody does all that. And I never really knew because I've never had to know. So I, I just go in and sing. And now I've, I've, I've been learned, I learned GarageBand, which I need to do Pro, Pro Tools next. But GarageBand was like my first, like you can still get really good vocals in GarageBand. So I would sing into my GarageBand, learn how to do all that, and then send it to uh, my guitar player. His name is Damian Martin. He's in Nashville. So we do a lot of side-by-side videos together. So he's just like, send me what you got and, you know, different takes that I send it to him. And then he puts everything in Pro Tools so that it can be mixed together with his vocal, his um, music. And so I've been learning as I go. And uh, it's a work in progress. And even recording myself, like for my video, like I've got one of those little social lights, <laughs> which have been a lifesaver. You put your phone in there and uh, they have a remote control or you can do it like you can start it and run around there and then turn it off and edit that. But um, I've learned how to do that even just recording myself. Like you, you figure out ways to record. And, and so that's been my, my experience there. You know, I've been doing that since the pandemic started. And I just sent him off another video that we probably do another side by side because there's only so much you can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but it's made me learn. And I, I, you know, now Pro Tools is my next um, endeavor that I will take on so that I can actually be in the same program he's in. So it would make it even easier you know that is so cool it, it's every day is a school day that's that's yeah. where we are at this point <laughs> yeah. well True. what do you have coming up and and definitely tell us how we can get more information and uh keep up with you and listen to all your beautiful music thank you well i um right now i i mean i am going to go back and forth to nashville as much as i can that's what i used to do before the pandemic but um right now you can find all my music on uh spotify pandora instagram facebook uh, com is my website so you can go there but if you google now google my name and you can pull up anything anywhere now so and i'm probably going to release an ep i think the first one just of cover songs something fun um while i write and tell us how to how to spell your last name. Yeah, tell us how to spell your first name and your last name, Raquel. <laughs> so it's Raquel R A Q U E L, and the last name is A U R I L I A. Raquel, it is lovely to have you here on Speaking of Travel, and I look forward to having you back on the show in 2021 and catching us so up. Much. Hopefully, you'll be I- out on the road traveling even more. 
I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really nice. I appreciate it. Well, you bet. Well, this is Marilyn Ball, and I want to thank Raquel for being here on Speaking of Travel. And earlier I was talking about ways to lift your spirits. And I'll tell you one thing I love to do is to head over to that charming mountain town of Hendersonville, North Carolina. And coming up next is Beth Card, and she is the executive director for the Henderson County Tourism Authority. She's going to let us in on some insider tips on how to make a most memorable visit. So stay tuned. Every Sunday afternoon beneath the willow tree you'll find him where she lies Talking to the angel who can light up any room with the beauty in her eyes of her soft skin Wishing he could hold her once again But all these pretty roses They bring her close to him All these pretty roses Sadly fade away Brevard and Transylvania County are blessed with an abundance of public lands. Over half our county is composed of public lands, and we know how important it is to take care of our natural resources and protect them. We encourage our visitors to not just leave no trace, but take action to leave it better. That's why we've partnered with Eagle's Nest Outfitters for an exciting sweepstakes. Enter to win an Eno hammock by telling us how you leave it better. Find out more at explorebrevard.com. All I ever wanted was a moment of your time Even just to say hello let me know I was on your mind All I ever needed Was to show me that you care A little love and affection Welcome back to Speaking of Travel I'm your host Marilyn Ball And that's some sweet music there I know this is becoming such a cliche, but I just can't believe it's already fall and we'll be moving into the holiday season sooner than later. And I think this is a year people are going to start moving away from the idea of giving so much stuff and instead exchange material things for real life experiences, like visiting places you can go together as a family. There are some pretty cool places and ways that you can make these experiences even more memorable and that really do last a lifetime, especially as we navigate these new frontiers. One place I love to make memories with my family is Hendersonville, North Carolina, a truly charming mountain town. And with me today to tell us why this place is so appealing to everyone is Beth Carden, Executive Director for the Henderson County Tourism Authority. Thank you, Beth, for being on Speaking of Travel and for being a partner with RomanticAsheville.com. Great. Thank you for having me. Well, Beth, I love Henderson County. It's just got so much 
to do, so many things to see. Give us a little bit of of an idea of Henderson County, the the geography, and how you've created a safe and clean destination over there. Absolutely. Hendersonville is very fortunate. We are very blessed to have such a variety of activities to do and things to see. We're very heavily uh, a strong county with agritourism, agriculture. We grow the most apples in North Carolina, and we're the seventh largest growing county of apples in the country. So we ended up uh, taking that and spinning it to uh, Bold Rock Hard Cider Company is now the largest cider company in the country. When they get ready to expand, they, they said they would come to where the apples are grown, and that's Hendersonville. At the end of their first year, they were supplying more than the original location. So agriculture really plays a big part in what we have to offer to the visitor, which really segments into what people are looking for right now with the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, People are able to get outside and experience picking their own apples or other produce and just having a fun experience outside with their families. It is fun. And you've got a lot of really great trails and uh, galleries. You've got such a strong history in that area? About 12 years ago, we really took a hard look at our assets. And it was really mind-blowing for staff because uh, we realized we had so much to, to promote here. And so because of what we have identified, we are really an international destination now. Uh, we have an art gallery trail. We have 15 art galleries. We have a heritage trail. Uh, the first one we started was Cheers Trail. Um, when other communities were promoting either wine or beer, we put all of ours together, beer, wine, and cider, and called it the Cheers Trail. The first brochure had six venues. Now we're up to 23. Last year, we became an American viticulture area like Napa Valley. So uh, we have really taken that ball and run with it to create a, a true craft beverage experience here in Henderson County. And you have a lot of lodging options. Tell us a little bit about that. We do. We have a nice cross-section of uh, about half of our accommodations are the vacation rentals like home, you know, cabins, houses. And right now, that's really what the traveling public's looking for. They feel safe there. Of course, our hotels are doing very well as well as also because they are truly promoting their protocol for cleanliness and, and social distancing. So uh, because of that, we're finding the trends are that people are wanting to go and stay uh, in the weekday, you know, at cabins, and, and they can do workcations or schoolcations in these locations and still enjoy our community. Well, what would you, uh, you're, you're there on the ground and you're seeing a lot of changes, a lot of uh, visitors definitely coming your way these days. What kind of creative solutions and business evolutions have you seen over the last six months and maybe some niches that are emerging there in Hendersonville and Henderson County? Well, we're real excited. We, we've been planning our work for years. We've actually been working to uh, broaden and, and expand and support the, the tourism industry. Uh, back in 08 and 09, when a lot of people shut down uh, because of the economy, uh, a lot of businesses were lost for tourism. So what we did is we really began to uh, create a toolbox with tools in it to help support our tourism industry. And I have to tell you, they were prepared. No one dreamed we would have a crisis to this extent, but our businesses were really 
prepared. And it's not to say that some of us are not suffering, but they they have really stepped up and figured out how to recreate and reformat. We did that in the spring with Garden Jubilee, which had become one of the largest garden-themed outdoor events on the East Coast. We had 200,000 people normally coming here in two days on Main Street. What we did is within three weeks, we reformatted it and sent the visitor out to the nurseries and the orchards and had vendors out there and spread people out. Our hotels were totally full on Memorial Day weekend. And then we turned around and did the same thing for Apple Festival weekend, which is Labor Day. Uh, we sent we had Orchard Trail days, which is one of Orchard Trails is one of my uh, trail brochures. We sent people out to 21 orchards and our hotels said they could have filled up twice over that weekend. So that's it's just instead of letting it happen to us, we're trying to to take that and really make something good out of it. And it's working. That's wonderful. And how can people get more information? Because your website, I know, is uh, full of activities and and itineraries and things that we can do. How can people get more information, Beth? Well, the easiest way is our travel guide is on the website. And, and of course, there's a lot. We have a very, very robust uh, website. They can certainly come by the visitor center or call us for specific information. We did the trail system brochures uh, to because we know people have time poverty. And so we pulled out specific information like we have 15 art galleries. They're all in there with a map. And so they don't have to search for all of the information they want when they come. And so those are very those are available to download off our website. Um, and, and just there's all kinds of information that. Uh, is at their fingertips. It just depends on, we have, we have still a lot of people that do not use the website or, or, or phones or anything to find information, but many people are. And, and so uh, we, if we do anything, we over-communicate what there is to see and do here. And what is the uh, website that we can go to visit? It's visithendersonvillenc.org. And it's, uh, like I say, it's, 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 uh, we just updated it. It's really easy to move around. A lot of things are, are downloadable, uh, that kind of thing. So and if they can't have trouble, they can just give us a call. Well, that's very easy. And on your website, will it show uh, people what your protocols are as they come into Henderson County? Absolutely. Uh, there's some generic information that applies across the board. But a lot of our businesses all have it up on their websites as well. So it's there for them to find. And we've had people here from all around the country just in the last few months, and they all are prepared. They're calling ahead and asking what the the state protocols are. So we haven't had no negative feelings of people as they travel. So I hope other states are finding the same thing. You're definitely a model for the industry, and we thank you so much for uh, being uh, innovative and creative and finding solutions so that people can travel safely, uh, securely, knowing that, that you have their back and loading up with all of these fun activities that are reasonable for the entire family. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Beth, for being on Speaking of Travel. We look forward to visiting Henderson County and Hendersonville, North Carolina. The lucky 
part is that you are so close to the Asheville Regional Airport. And coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport. She's going to fill us in on the recent unveiling of the new airport terminal design and the renovation and expansion projects that are moving forward. So stay tuned. Every Sunday afternoon Beneath the willow tree You'll find him where she lies Talking to the angel who Can light up any room With the beauty in her eyes The sound of her laughter The touch of her soft skin Wishing he could hold her once again If you want to truly experience a city, dart at the top. With Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, you'll capture the true spirit of Asheville, North Carolina on our one-of-a-kind award-winning tours. You'll experience our city's highly acclaimed rooftop bars, see Asheville's scenic beauty and historic landmarks, and feel the history of our city unfold before you, all on this uniquely crafted tour. We take care of every detail, including band show for transportation, sample cocktails and mocktails at each rooftop bar, and there's plenty of snacks and bottles water on the van to enjoy between stops. Come see why Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours is top of the city and top of mind for the best things to do in Asheville, North Carolina. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and we really are so lucky to have some of the most desirable travel destinations in the North Carolina mountains and even the country. And we are also very lucky to have a progressive airport that takes airport safety and security very seriously. The Asheville Regional Airport is an airport with a vision, and they're always looking at ways to improve the efficiency of air travel and make it a better experience for passengers. And here today with me is Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport to update us on what we can look at as we move forward into the future. Tina, thank you as always to be here on Speaking of Travel. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Marilyn. So, Tina, business across most industries has really slowed down in 2020, and yet the Asheville Regional Airport seems to be pushing forward with construction and improvement projects that are really looking at the long-term needs of the region. Can you maybe fill us in on what's going on over there and how you are uh, moving in that direction? Sure. So one thing to keep in mind, let's set a little context here. So airports, um, when we plan for the future, it's, it's not like being in a, a speedboat where you can turn very quickly and change course. You know, when we're talking about 
thinking about the next 20 to 30 years and what does this airport need to be and how do you lay the groundwork to build that infrastructure and make improvements. It's more like being on a cruise liner and plotting the course and making those very slow turns, um, you know, to get there. It's, it's very process driven. And so we had already begun a process in 2019 to um, begin thinking about and designing what an expanded and modernized airport terminal would look like. And it's not just the aesthetics, but it's what we will need in terms of space and functionality and services, space for aircraft, all the different things moving forward for the next 20 to 30 years. That's a big tall order, lots of forecasting and looking at data and running models and determining uh, how to program that for the future. So we had already started that process in 2019 and we're, we're in that process now. Um, we're in a fun part of that process because we've, we've done some public input, a lot of public input that has culminated in kind of some design principles. And our architects have just shown us some preliminary sketches and drawings of what what things might look like. So, you know, early it's early in the design process, but but that is a big, big project that we're working on right now. I would imagine that looking at 20 or 30 years down the road when we think of where we are today is a big tall order so what do you think uh, now your architects were here they were showing you some preliminary designs given what we know today and where airports are moving as we move forward with uh, the changes that have happened do you foresee that there will be uh changes to those designs or other ways that you would create space moving forward, given where we are today? Absolutely. We're already having those conversations. Um, You know, will social distancing be something that is needed to be thought about for the long-term future? Not sure, but thinking about a lot of the technology that is being developed to um, address uh, public health and in spaces like airports. You know, we're certainly staying on top of those types of innovations and understanding what that might mean to a terminal design process. And, but, you know, that's no different to put it in perspective. Airports are always futuristically thinking. We have to. So we are always assessing, um, you know, what are the what ifs moving forward. So, um, you know, it's right now the what if are just different than they were 10 years ago, you know. So absolutely, um, a process like this is very thoughtful, very um, deep, and lots and lots of input and lots of expertise goes into really programming what is going to make the most sense for our region's airport. Well, I've done, I've been doing some Googling lately just to see what other airports are doing and uh, around the world. And like you said, all airports 
are futuristic. Uh, some play into that by design. They look like you just stepped into the Jetsons, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then there are airports like the Asheville Regional Airport that is really more rooted in the natural beauty that's all around us. Right, right. And it's interesting you say that because we are, you know, this design process began with significant public input. And it was a it was a, a process put together by our architects that included a number of stakeholder meetings and focus groups, but also a, a really broad, broadly distributed survey out in our community. And we had almost 4,000 responses to that survey from people who care about this region's airport. And all of that input was um, analyzed and put forward so that the architects had some design principles on which to stand so that what they present to us is meaningful and really will resonate with our region's travelers. And that natural beauty was a big part of it. Well, you're so fortunate that that you can't miss it. It's all around you. And I commend your leadership and uh, and the people who are all there making these decisions to reach out to the public. We, we are the stakeholders. We're the ones coming in and being the passengers on a everyday basis. So that's not always the case to bring the community in. And I think the Asheville Regional Airport has always uh, taken those steps to be uh, inclusive so that all voices are heard. Well, it, is important to us. This is the region's airport, and we we respect that and want to be good stewards. Um, you know, these are big decisions. So, you know, it is exciting. We promise we will continue to communicate as more milestones are achieved in this process um, so we can keep the community informed. Well, Tina, tell us how we can get more information because I know that your website is uh, like a one-stop shop. You can go and see what's happening with the airline information. What's the best way that people can get more information? Sure. So the website is very easy to remember. It is flyavl.com. And, uh, you know, there's just a wealth of information there for anyone who is interested. I also encourage on the homepage, there's a place to sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. And uh, it's a great way to stay engaged with us. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for the information. It's it's very important as we move forward to have these updates so that we can stay informed. Uh, I feel the listeners want to know what's going on out there. And I know that when we're ready, you're ready. Yes, we are. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Thank you, Tina. Thank you all for listening to Speaking of Travel. I hear from listeners every week who are dreamers, and I'm a dreamer too, and it seems that we're all dreaming more about travel these days. Maybe you're seeing yourself in Paris, sipping wine by the Eiffel Tower, or dreaming and reliving your family vacation in Aruba. Well, for those of us dreaming of traveling, it means holding tight to a vision that we'll be back out there again, and that our dreams, whether it's during the day or at night, will carry us to be out there when we're ready to go, and then we're going to just 
go. So dream big, expand your horizons, use this time to learn as much as possible about other cultures and other ways of life and history, save your money, make a plan, and remember it won't be long. Life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy.